Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the James Well Radio Podcast. Yes, every politician's worst nightmare. Um, okay, don't forget, if you want to do an introduction to the programme, of course, you are more than welcome. All you have to do is go to our website, Jameswell, or, or email me rather than go to the website. Email me at jameswellradio at gmail.com. And uh, welcome to the programme, whether you're listening online, whether you're listening via your favourite radio station. I don't know how you're listening to the programme or even the programme, but nice to have you there. I'm sorry, I'm just, I just I don't know, Roy, I've been doing, the, I've just cleaned the bathroom and some of those chemicals... That's better. Okay. Should you be doing that kind of uh, labour-intensive work? Well, you know, Mrs. W's not so well, so uh, I've been uh, I've been showing that I can do a few bits and pieces. Did you actually clean the bath tub? Yeah. Well, surely while when I you... was having a bath. Ah, there we go. See, I was going to say the easiest way to clean a bath oh. is just get in it and have a wash. Yeah, well, I mean, that's isn't that the best way? Do you still have scum marks around the the bath, or is that from the old fashioned no. soap? No, I've not had scum for ages. In fact, that's a very interesting point you make because you know I remember that stuff my mother used to shake on the bath, uh, a sort of white powder to clean the scum off. You don't see that anymore, do you? I think it's because we use shower gel rather than soap nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I find it quite interesting that uh, we have so many new ways of cleaning uh, that we're all so sort of susceptible to bugs now because everything is so sterile. I just mopped down the the, uh, the the hallway, which in my house is tiled, because you know I live in a, in, in almost a palace. I was going to say it's handy for dogs. Yeah, yeah. So rather than having a carpet, I, I just sort of mop the tiles down. Mm. And I mean, maybe that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just making the place too clean. Well, I can come round and uh, dirty it up a bit for you. No, that's why you're not invited. You're not, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll be like that guy from Snoopy. Do you remember the one that always used to yeah, have Yeah, the... I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not having that at all. <laughs> um, but it's interesting. I wonder if anybody, maybe they'll get in touch with us. Uh, Jamesoilradio.co, well, jamesoilradio at gmail.com. Um and tell us, do you, does anybody have a, a ring of scum in the bath? It was very common, wasn't it? Yeah, white ring, all the way. And you see level yeah. the water. You know, you knew how, yeah. how. And your mother used to come in and say, "You've put too much water in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I mean, I've just I've I'd noticed a bit of that black mold on uh, spare bedroom's uh, window, which I've cleaned as well because nothing, nobody's been in there for ages. Have you got a, a vented, um, double glazed window? Do you know, I don't think I have, and I think that's why. Mm. Just drill a hole mm. through the uh, plastic, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, well, I might do that. Um, but uh, that's another thing. Do you know that? Uh, I often watch these um, these housing programmes, you know, like Escape to the Country and things like that. And I often wonder, there are people saying, well, we've got so much family, we do need room to accommodate them, and uh, so we need at least, you know, there's a couple of people sort of supposedly downsizing, but they want room uh, for their uh, for their family to come and stay. I mean, I <laughs> unless I had a, a, an outside 
place and, you know, a shed in the garden with a bed in it or something, I'd tell members of the family to go and find a B&B, wouldn't you? That's your ideal solution, yes, B&B. I, don't, I mean, I cannot remember the last time I had people come and stay in my house. So when you downsize, then, the ideal place to move to is next to a travel lodge. No, I don't care. Listen, people can find out where I live is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there is a pub with some rooms not far away, and there's some, you know, hotels about five, ten miles away. That's no distance, is it, in this day and age, particularly if people come to visit you from two or three hundred miles. Have you got a garden? Yeah. Well, put a tent in it for them. No. Okay. Then they'll want to come in and use the loo. I don't want people using the loo or the bathroom. In my house, you know, people say, well, I've got, uh, I mean, at the moment, I downsize so much, I've only got one bathroom. <laughs> Caravan, then, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a chemical toilet. <laughs> no, no. This is the thing, you know, people actually go on and say, oh, I want people to come and stay. There is nothing, in my opinion, worse than being seen first thing in the morning when you've just got out of bed. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry about that. I'm just going to... I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my phone off because I, I should have done it long before we went on the air, shouldn't I? Yeah, can you move it away from the microphone as well? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm... Oh, there, there we are. There. All right, I've turned it off. Yeah, <laughs> turned it off. I thought Mr. Ben was going to appear. Why, because of the uh, ringtone? Yeah, <laughs> as if by magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Saturday, uh, I'm, I'm back on talk radio, uh, you know, sort of um, just here and there. So uh, check it out. Here and there. <laughs> here, well, you know, just easing myself back in after the operation. I, I thought you were talking about the technology here and there, you know, just in case you disappear. Like that. That had you, didn't it? <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. Let's just get back to this again. I wa Do people really like having friends to come and stay? Because I, I can't think of anything worse. So, you know, if you want to see me, it'd be very nice to see you. There's a, you find yourself a little hotel or a travel lodge, or even, even if they're people I really want to see, I might even find that for them and book them in, and I might even pay for it. They'd have to be fairly close family members for that to happen. But... They'll say, well, we could we could doss down in the lounge. No, you can't. And it, 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 it's because I don't like to be seen first thing in the morning. Certainly Mrs. W doesn't. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't want people in and out of my bathroom. I'm far too uh, too old and whatever to have, uh, have to queue up for the bathroom. Right. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand people who always say, oh, I've got to have more bedrooms because, you know, I've got a lot of family, very big family. I want them all to come and stay. I say to my grandchildren, which yeah, I know you don't think I'm old enough, but I am. Uh, do you want to come and stay for a, a few days? They, the last thing they want, they say, "Oh no, no, no!" Listen, we'll see when Mum and Dad come down. But no, we're really busy. We've got stuff to do. We want to see our friends. So the grandchildren are okay to stay in the house then. I don't mind them staying. Uh, not that they ever have. I, I could just about put up with it. Actually, no, probably couldn't because they're getting quite old now. They're older teenagers, so maybe I can't. Mm. But they, no, this is what people say. No, you're missing the point. People always say, oh, I've got grandchildren, they want to come and stay. Grandchildren, they don't want to come and stay with their grandparents. They've got better things to do. So you'd never take part in the TV show Celebrity Wife Swap or Husband Swap or whatever it is? Do you know? No, I wouldn't. I think I've only ever seen it once. So I thought it was shit. I wouldn't. But I have to tell you, because I have uh, I had a lot of time on my hands 
lately. I I do fancy uh, celebrity. Um, what's that sort of celebrity auction thing where they go around the country in in old cars, buying stuff and then taking it to auction? Is that like the auction road trip thing? That's it. That's the one. Yes, I'm. I'm going to get onto my agent. See if he can't get me on that. I think Debbie McGee's on that. Is she? Yeah. I'll, oh. I'll get some information okay. for you. Yeah. Ask her how she got on it. You know Debbie, don't you? I know. I know Debbie. Yes. Will you have a word with her? See if, see how how uh, who who to talk to. I I fancy that. I'll leave it till Monday because obviously she's got a big weekend this weekend. Well, it depends when you're listening to this program, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't forget to vote if you get this program early. Yeah, if you get this program before the weekend of the... Whatever it is this weekend. Yeah. The the final of Strictly Come Dancing, Rob and I would like you to vote for Debbie McGee. Definitely. Yeah, but I think she's won it anyway. Um, right, OK, so uh, we better about talk about something uh, sensible today. And really? Serious. Um, but before that, I want to talk about Brexit oh. and how heartened I am that uh, that democracy has uh, has reared its head in Parliament and that the politicians get to debate the deal on Brexit. That isn't democracy, by the way. And the idiots, the Michael Goves, the David Davises, and all these, these guys who've got themselves into uh, a situation that they can't get out of. And some of you listening probably as well. Brexit's going to destroy the economy of part of this world. It's not going to do you and I any good at all, all right? Now I'm I'm slightly I'm I'm probably more right wing than than most, probably more than Attila the Hun. Um and on this issue, it seems to me all this these people going, "Oh, we want to get out, we want sovereignty and everything else." Listen, what we should have done, we should have and we were even though our politicians didn't like to admit it, we needed to be right at the top, and we were, of the European Union. We needed to be the movers and the shakers. We should have we should have got some better politicians. I'm sorry, Nigel, but, you know, not paying attention to the European Union allowed people like Nigel Farage, who, as you know I know well, to get in and make himself a little celebrity, which is what he wanted to do and what he has done. He's now a celebrity, and that, that's why he's no longer the leader of UKIP, and now he's you know, going around giving talks and doing TV and radio shows and stuff like that. And that's what he wanted. But I don't think, and I'm pretty sure he didn't realise, the harm that this is going to cause. And some of these MPs are still so f***ing stupid. Beep, thank you. Uh, that They don't. They have no idea how this is going to play out. It's going to play out in an appallingly bad way. Unless, and Germany, one of the German parties, has now made overtures and says that what Britain should be invited back into the European Union, but should be, you know, because we're a small island, we should have to have uh, um, a say on how many people are allowed to come in and work here. And you can't have free movement of everybody across the European Union. They should re-look at those rules. Britain should have been stronger. Our MEPs, I've interviewed a lot of MEPs, and basically they're not much brighter not much brighter than the average councillor. You probably can't even name your MEP. And I tell you, I can't name the one that represents me or a number that represent me and the way it works. That is our fault. We should have taken more 
interest. Brexit is a failure. And if I hear people going on, well, 17 million people voted for Brexit. A lot of those people voted for Brexit because they thought it was going to put more money in the NHS. They thought we would all be better off. This will not happen. A number of people, hopefully not the majority, voted because they are xenophobic. And some are just nasty. Nasty. But 17 million out of a 60 million country is not democracy. And if you ran that referendum again with everything we now know, it would be a landslide victory to remain within the European Union, I have no doubt at all, where we took centre stage and started making our voices heard. We are a powerful nation. We could have done that before and we should have done it. Wake up! Sorry? Thank you, I've finished now. Right. Oh, by the way, that uh, Roy Moore, was it Roy Moore? I think it was Roy Moore, the American senator in Alabama, um, who, uh, who thought America was at its greatest when it had slavery. He thought that homosexuality should be outlawed, um, and he carried a gun. Uh, a man who actually, I think, should be in an insane asylum, a man who was championed by Donald Trump, lost his place in the Senate. The people of Alabama realised that, that thugs and racists and homophobes like that need kicking out. And he was. Hooray! Is that the guy on the horse? Yeah. Couldn't ride to save his life. Oh. W who is a horsewoman said, you know, wish the horse had bucked the silly sod off. <laughs> Did, did you, did I you... wish the horse... Mind you, the horse was so small he was almost dragging his feet on the ground. <laughs> What a nasty piece of work. What a, and he's a reverend, apparently. Oh, he's a judge, but apparently he's a... And you see some of these old Americans and he's a God-fearing man. He's a good God-fearing man who likes to grope young ladies, but that's not always bad. What sort of country is America? Well, I tell you, it's, it's an ethnically cleansed country, isn't it? Hmm. Yes, we've had the history lesson from you before. Yes, yes. okay. Um, right, shall we... Uh, because what, what I want to do this week... Um, oh, people, stop tweeting me. I know you want to tweet me at the James Whale Show, at the James Whale and on all of that, and please get in touch. And shall we, uh, shall we do Tech Talk now? Because then we're going to play a bit of an interview uh, that I did with an old friend of mine who sadly died a few days ago, Keith Chegwin, Um I can't believe he died, by the way. I just cannot believe that Keith died. Um, but we were lucky enough to have him on the show, what, a year or so ago? I think it was 2014. Quite a while ago. A couple of, was it that? You know, you get older and f time flies by, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's do Tech Talk and then let's uh, let's in tribute to uh, the, the, the... He was a great guy. Keith was, was more than people knew, but I'll talk about that in a moment. Should we do Tech Talk first? Okay, dokie. Okay. Uh, we've got... Um, it's your time to shine. Uh, yeah. Put the pressure on, why not? Mm. Yep. Uh, clear ID. The new feature for phones, it, uh, you know, fingerprint ID on your on your phone. Yeah. They're going to put that no inside, inside the screen now so you don't actually have to uh, have a little button. So you, anywhere you put yeah. your thumb on the screen, uh, it will unlock oh, your phone. Right. So that's quite a cool oh. feature. That's called Clear ID. That should be coming on phones next year. Oh, by the way, listen, just uh, as a matter of interest. Yeah. That movie, Zoo. Yes. Which is out. What is that? Is that that's about when animals take over against human beings. 
Um, thought I saw something advertised. I thought I'd like to see that, but never mind. See the film um, Zookeeper's Wife. Well, what's that about? Well, it's it's set in um, in the war about a zoo. In the war, yeah. which war? The Second World War. Huh. So what happened to the animals during the Second World War? Well, yeah, that, mean, that will make me cry, won't it? It, it will make you cry, yeah, but it's a very good film. No, I'm not watching it. Good, yeah, I'm not watching story. it. I need, I need to be cheered up, so you need to find me films that cheer me up. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a film later on. Shall I get on with Tech Talk? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's all right. I, was, I, watched, uh, I watched that movie, The Intern, the other day. The Intern, that's a good film. Is that the Robert De Niro film? That. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. He yeah. played that part very well. Yeah. I love Robert De Niro. He's great American. Unlike Donald Trump, who's not. Uh, Facebook Messenger's getting augmented reality. Oh, no. Do we need any more augmented reality? Because a lot of kids are not really sure what is real and what isn't. (laughs) France are banning phones for under-15s in school. I'm surprised it's not already banned. I don't get that at all. Yeah. Uh, what else? Do you need a law to do that? Why don't the school just say this is a school rule? You can't bring in a phone. Well, you're still allowed to take your phone to school. You're just not allowed to take it in the classroom. But I thought that was a general rule of yeah. thumb, isn't it? Leave it in your bag, you know? Yeah. Uh, Samsung have just filed a patent for wraparound screens. So the screen's going to go entirely round the phone. But oh. surely that just is obvious. Everyone should file a patent for that kind of thing. Shouldn't we just file a patent yeah. for um, a spacesuit uh, for wearing on Mars? And then no one can make one without paying us money. I don't get this patent stuff. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, Dutch authorities uh, will no longer use birds of prey to remove drones from the sky because they're useless at it. Oh. I was in King's Cross Station a few weeks ago getting a train up to Leeds and the falconer was in there flying his uh, bird of prey around inside the station just to clear out all the pigeons. Yeah. Better way of doing it than a shotgun or an air pistol, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want the, the the drone to injure the bird of prey, though. No, well, they they trained them how to capture them. I think they they, yeah. they knock them out. But yeah, the the blades are are quite strong, aren't they? Mm. On some drones. So yeah, actually, so- while you talk about that, they've just caught one of these uh, gang leaders who was supplying drugs and phones and stuff to people in prison via a drone. Yeah. Um, and they were flying in from outside. Now, why the prison authorities are not more aware of what's going on around their perimeter, I have no idea. But the guy is in prison for armed robbery anyway, uh, and he was operating it from in prison. Um, and the people caught have been prison seven years. They'll be out in three and a half, mm. maybe four. Um, what we need to do to people who behave in that way, we need to bang them up for 20 years, just a couple of them, 20 years. Nobody else is going to risk it. No f***ing hope of uh, parole because you're a scumbag. And because if you are one of these criminals who think that you can do what the fuck you like, right, you get banged up for 20 or 30 years, no parole, we stop putting people in prison for non-payment of fines and things, and we find better ways of, of, of dealing with them. But hardened criminals, burglars in particular, because they are the real scum, and, and they like to think they're, you know, I'm a professional burglar, mate, it's not like I'm a nonce. Yes, you are. You go into other people's property... You force yourself into somebody, you rape their life. You're a nonce as much as anyone else. And you need to be locked up. Never mind, oh, he's been done for burglary. Can we take 15 other crimes into account? Yes. Well, we're going to give him two years this time, see if that teaches you. Stick him in prison for 20 years. I I tell you, we are too soft 
on some of the nasty pieces of work in society. Listen, I know fraud is terrible and people who do these, these paper grant everything, they need to be dealt with. Deal with them, but leave the spaces in the, in the, the high security prisons for those people who deserve them. Oh, well, you know, we, we keep putting him in prison. It doesn't do him any good. Don't even go there. All right? People who've done, you know, there are certain things that people don't need to be put into prison for, but this person won't pay their fine. Then find another way of punishing them. Make them do community service. Make sure they do it. Put money into this. But keep the prisons for those people who think they can get away and do whatever they like. I mean, there are, surely there is common sense to be had in this. You know, professional scumbags who, who are breaking the law even while they're in prison. And by the way, let's sack a few prison governors and a few prison officers who are not up to the job because they wouldn't be getting the stuff in the prison if they were. And let's get rid of their fat flipping pensions as well. Some of these prison governors must be the most stupid people on the planet. And what do they do? Oh, we move them aside, move them to another prison or something. Sack them, fine them, and take away their pensions. Am I the only person who can see how we can sort this mess out? Can we introduce cell phone jammers into the prisons? Could you do that? Well, yeah, the tech, you can buy a cell phone jammer on the internet on a famous auction site that will block everyone's yeah. mobile phone signal for a good 50 metres. So why haven't they done that? Because they're idiots. Also, the same technology can be used to jam um, the signals, the 2.4 gigahertz signals that do the, the Wi-Fi for the drones. So, you know, as soon as it flies into the perimeter, it just loses signal yeah. and it just flies up into the air into its safe zone. And then they can, you know, the, whoever's flying it can retrieve it back fair enough. But it hasn't gone to the prison. Sure, oh, dear, 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 dear. See, these people are stupid. I mean, why would... Never mind. Back on talk radio. Um, right, okay, where are we? Uh, Amazon Echo, you can now uh, set your uh, alarms to uh, play music from, you know, just say, can you play some uh, Britney Spears at 9am tomorrow to wake me up, please? And it'll do that for you. No, don't, 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 don't do that, please. Well, anyone else? No, or, don't do that. Is it just Britney no. Spears? or? No, I'd just be quite happy. Yeah. I'm just quite happy just to get up. <laughs> when the alarm goes off, I just get up. Because, you know, I've got dogs to let out, dogs to feed and, and stuff. I need to get up. Okay. Films right. then. Um, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Starring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, uh, the girl from Doctor Who. Uh, mm -hmm. Karen Gillan. Is that how you say her name? That's it, yeah. 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 Uh, Kevin Hart and Jack Black. Funny, but it could it be funny. It looks quite good. Yeah, it could be funnier. Uh, it, with that cast, it should be stupidly funny. But it, it's it's got its moments, but the rest of it's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. But it's still a good film. Go and see it. It's all right. And, of course, this Saturday I'm, I'm going to uh, be seeing The Last Jedi. I thought you might. Yeah. Uh, Why do they have the... Uh, the, the um... Uh, the what's it at the Al Royal Albert Hall in London instead of the Premier instead of in uh, Leicester Square? I wonder. I've no idea. I've no idea. No, at I, all. Just, I mean, it's not a cinema. I just wonder why they had it there. No idea. Maybe it's bigger to get more crowds in. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. strange. But uh, yeah, so courtesy of um, Cineworld, I shall get all my uh, snacks and uh, <laughs> drinks and things. So <laughs> thanks to the guys at Cineworld. I shall be oh, enjoying dear. myself Saturday night. So I won't mm. be listening to your uh, radio show, I'm afraid. 
Yeah. Well, listen, there are a million, I say a quarter of a million a month who listen to this program, this hours program we do online. And if you want to be a sponsor on the program, get in touch with Rob and he'll tell you how you can do that. Thanks to Ford and our friends at Pimlico Plumbers and all the others. Uh, All you need to do is email uh, jameswellradio at gmail.com and you too could help to keep this program going. Yeah. Uh, should we do? I just want to quick talk about uh, Umamumumumu. Um, you what? know that long, sort of rather phallic uh, thing that's coming through space at the moment? Oh, the Star Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. We put this on Facebook and asked what it is. David Dale says it's Rama. Uh, Paul Mungle said, uh, Is this disclosure? Are we going to be told the truth at last? Who knows? Uh, Mark Elvis Hampson says, It will be like third rock from the sun. Uh, but Dan Saunders goes even further. He says, okay, I'm a believer in everything UFO and alien, but in the last uh, few years, many people have jumped on board and it's now a mockery subject. Why would intelligent beings come here when we are so backward? Maybe the ancients, who obviously had gained superior knowledge, had help. There's lots of evidence suggests so. I agree with Dan Saunders, actually. And I think that's probably where religion came from, too. Yeah, all the Jedis on the planet agree, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tammy Thompson said, uh, is it going to wipe out America? Sure. Baba Vanga predicted it. Well, okay. Uh, and, uh, Roy Ellison said it's a giant twiglet. So there we are. So Wales Mail, uh, uh, after we do our tribute to Keith. Yeah. Okay. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. But that's brilliant. Yeah. We'll do that. All right. Um, sadly, Keith Chegwin, who of course was, uh, a mainstay of, um, pop TV, if you like, uh, for many years, um, uh, from uh, Swap Shop to uh, Cheggers Plays Pop to many other things, um, I have known for years. He's a great bloke. He was a great bloke, and so sad uh, to see that he died so young. Um, but a couple of years ago, Rob reminded me it was back in 2014. I thought, you know, I thought it was only the other day. Um, I talked to Cheggers on this program, and we would like to play some of that interview in tribute to the great Keith Chegwin. Um, who died just the other day. Now, uh, Keith, should we just call you Cheggers from now on? Uh, most people, and you call me anything you like, because <laughs> most people do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, it was weird, James, years ago, I used to walk down the street and people would go, hello, Cheggers, and then I'd count to ten and they'd call you something obscene after that. <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays, luckily, they walk past and just say, hello, Cheggers, and that's it. So, uh, yeah, no, Cheggers is fine. Do you remember, it's an interesting question, do you remember the first time that somebody recognised you in the street? Do you know what? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, when I was 10 years of age, um, I went to school in Liverpool and I went on a television show called Junior Showtime, which was like a, you know, a variety show for kids, uh, with young kids performing. And um, I always remember, I mean, yes, people at school, you know, knew who I was. Uh, but I was taking the bus home one day and uh, some adult turned around and said, I have just seen you on the television. Yeah, I sang a song um, on this uh, stage show or TV show called What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And that was the first time I ever got recognised. But the true, I mean, when it went potty, was uh, literally, are you ready? <laughs> it was the 28th of October. 
1976. <laughs> and that was the first day that a Saturday morning programme I did called Swap Shop uh, appeared on the television. And I thought that no one was going to watch this show with me, you know, swapping on street corners. And I went down to Cardiff Arms Rugby Ground <clears throat> with a producer who's now an MP called Roger Gale. And I turned around to all these, you know, people on TV and said, look, you've got anything to swap, come down. And to his amazement and mine, because we were on our way for a cup of coffee, we looked up the street and 2,000 kids turned up just to swap their games and toys. And from that day on, I can't tell you, it's not stopped. It's been lovely. You know, people always going, all right, check us how you doing. So, yeah, true recognition. Do you, do you ever get fed up with it or not? No, I love it. <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Right? I was in Panto uh, in Reading, and these two kids ran up and going, oh, you know my dad, you know my dad. And I thought, I looked at the dad, and I thought, I, I don't know your dad at all. And he mouthed the words, Paul. And I went, oh, you mean Paul? And they went, oh, God, you know my dad, you know my dad. But the thing was, <laughs> is that he recognised me when I was in Tesco's <laughs> and came up and said, all right, Chuckers, how are you doing? Uh, and, and because of that, <laughs> that one moment, he's paying my wages because he's brought his kids to see my panto. So no, recognition doesn't bother me at all. It does get a bit annoying, you know, when you try and have your soup in a restaurant and you look around, somebody's videoing you. Uh, but I was uh, I was going to say that uh, my wife always knows where I am because if she can't get hold of me, she looks on Twitter and there's always people posting pictures of where I am and what I'm doing. And she's quite funny because she phones me up and says, so today you were in Cotton Garden, then you went shopping in Blighton Foils, and then you went here and you went, oh, yeah, how do you know that? She said, oh, people have been tweeting again. <laughs> I mean, I think the interesting thing, Keith, is that right. you, and don't take this the wrong way, no, not but you've, nev you've never actually been the flavour of the month, you no, know, the one true. everybody raves about, and so you're always there, because the people who become, oh, we've got to get so-and-so on, and we've got to get this on, we've got to have this person on, um, and then they, do they go as quickly as they come, don't they? Well, I mean, I'll let you into a secret, right? And I've never said this before, but I've always uh, kept a low profile. And that sounds quite weird, doesn't it? Because people always say, oh, I'll see you on the telly a lot. But you don't actually see me doing my own show. I've never had my own show. I haven't had my own show. I think I had it on satellite TV uh, years and years ago. So you can never name many shows that Keith Chegwin's done. And also, the other thing is, like when I was on GMTV, when they said, would you come sit on the sofa and do that? I went, no, but I'll knock on doors and give away money. <laughs> and they're always quite surprised by it. Because what I always make a point of is that Roy Kinnear, when I was doing a film as a kid, when I was only 12, said, uh, a minute's worth of TV or film is more valuable than three hours. And he is so right. Because people never, ever remember things, you know, the things that you like to brag about. You know, interviews with Margaret Thatcher or, you know, meeting some royalty or what have you. They always remember things like when they knocked on a door and asked her what she would do for, with £10,000, she said, hey, Chaggers, you won't tell them I've been done for shoplifting, will you? <laughs> 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 or when they knocked on a door, door, oh, door and uh, gave I, I, a I, check I, for £10,000. And James, I can't tell you, he was jumping up and down like a blooming kangaroo. I couldn't keep it down and he was doing all these Jackie Chan punches leaping everywhere and he went hang on a minute Check, is, is this going out live? I went, yeah. He said, oh, no, oh, no. He said, I've lost my benefits. <laughs> 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 He's claiming incapacity benefits. 
So, yeah, so if something comes up where I play, I don't know, a lighter role in something, I'll take it on. Uh, but I've been offered the lottery and uh, oh, loads of other high-profile things. And don't get me wrong, you know, I mean, gout, I'd love to do them, but I think, you know, I've, I've successful. well, I don't know, I've made a career out of uh, doing nothing, really, just, <laughs> just <laughs> kicking along. Do you re- let me take you back. Listen, do you remember when we, uh, I was on the panel on, on, you said you never had your own show, but you, you did host a show called Sky Star Search. Sky Star Search. It was a talent show for the general public, and we bragged to the facts, and it was true, that no one failed the audition. <laughs> Everybody got on. I got a, a phone call from a researcher one day, so we've blown it out. So what do you mean? He said, we just had a guy in who was so drunk we couldn't get his name and address off him. <laughs> <laughs> and all those acts that, you know, tried to get on new faces or opportunity knocks, uh, used to come out the room and go, oh, yeah, look at that, they've booked me. They know, they, they, know, they know I've got talent. We've booked everyone, James. <laughs> Do you remember Charlie Chuck? Oh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie, you had him on your show, didn't you? That's right. In fact, we had him on this show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he's funny, isn't he? Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chuck. <laughs> I remember when I, I was on the panel on the night that he first came on to Sky Star Search, and I can't remember who else was on the panel, but they were very straight, and they oh, all looked brilliant. down their noses and said, oh, it's terrible, it's absolutely appalling. And I said, this is the funniest thing yes. I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm with you. He's absolutely hysterical. What a fantastic act. He just came on and did nothing, really. Umpire, umpire, and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, this is, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Britain's Got Talent is great. But ever, that, once again, I don't want to be rude, but that's a clip show. You just see clips of acts. They go so fast. You never get to see, you know, raw or you know, good or bad talent properly. You know, so, I mean, I think there's still room for that sort of show to come about. I mean, you know, Star, uh, Star Search, Sky Star Search, uh, we had 2,000 acts. The only acts that made it were Wright, Said Fred and Chesney Hawks. <laughs> They're the only two that came from it. But we had them all. You know, we had artists that would, uh, you know, start to sing their song, throw the mic down and walk off and haven't seen them since. You know, one comic came on, told three gags, went, oh, I'm sorry, Val, I've got it wrong. And I said, well, pick it up from where you left off. He told the same three gags again. He didn't realise we don't edit the show. <laughs> now, I've got a question. I've got some questions from our listeners. We put up on our Facebook page and said, I'll be talking to you on the programme. What oh, shall I ask him? Now, do you remember Mark Gregory? Mark Gregory, no. All right. Well, Mark Gregory says, ask Keith if he remembers me dragging him around half a dozen Wilkinson stores in the Midlands oh, uh, recording radio adverts in 1996. I certainly do. Gosh, that's... Uh, now you've mentioned the product and what I was doing. Yes, I do remember that. How funny. That's a long time ago. But, yeah, and, and in fact, from that... Joe Pasquale and I got a gig, and the guy who owns Wilkinson's invited us to his house to perform. And Joe, Joe and I were changing his kitchen, and Joe said to me, he said, ah, oh, pinnacle of our career, in it, Keith? <laughs> Getting changed in somebody's bloody kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, I do remember um, that, uh, that advert day. Yeah, a long time ago. Rob, the producer on this show. Are you there, right. Rob? Yes, I'm here, yes. Okay. Rob says, in the Rice Krispie cereal advert, what? did Cheggers really play the character Pop? Yeah, I played that for 15 years, and it was quite weird because uh, Kellogg's thought it was funny that Cheggers plays Pop. 
<laughs> I mean, do you know what? If you if you ever watch or ever see those adverts, watch it carefully because I say nothing. All I do is go oh 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 oh, oh and that's about it. And I always remember sort of like you know Chris Evans who did uh, uh, who played Snap at one point, Brian Blessed, uh, Les Dennis who did the other characters. They used to moan at me when we were doing the voiceovers, going, "What the hell have they booked you for? Anybody could do that." <laughs> um, listen, will the, this is from John Barker. He says, will Brown Sauce make another record? No, never. <laughs> Brown Sauce was a swap shop record that uh, we did as a bit of a spoof because basically what happened was we had an award show and uh, our main act, I think it was uh, the police, it said they couldn't make it. So we thought, well, why don't we just be the act? Uh, so we just dressed up as like, you know, I don't know, punks or what have you, made this record, uh, did it on the show, and the record, the BBC released, it got to number 15 in the charts. But my chance of being on top of the pops, which I'd always wanted to do, was blown. Because Noel Edmonds turned around and said, oh, no, no, I'm not doing Top of the Pops. Oh, no. my God, no. <laughs> so uh, they just played the video, so it was a bit of a shame, really, because my ambition was always to be on that show. <laughs> Andy Matty. Andy Matty says, please ask uh, Cheggers about his television appearances. I had no idea about this. In the 1970s, such as Open All Hours Pilot. Did you do the pilot for Open All Hours? Yeah, it was weird. I did a lot of acting when I was a kid. I mean, I did... Uh, you know, seven films like Plurality's Macbeth, Robin Hood Jr. And then I did programs like uh, Acted in uh, Black Beauty, oh, The Tomorrow People. And one was uh, a television series that uh, Ronnie Barker uh, and, um, oh, he's gone out of my head, the other bloke. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? David Jason. I think. And um, one of them was a pilot for Open All Hours. And I uh, always remember I finished the series and about 20 years later, Later, it was it was literally that long. I was walking down a BBC corridor and Ronnie Barker passed, and I sort of nodded, uh, thinking there's no way he'll remember me. And then he turned around and said, "Hey, Mr. Chagrin." I went, "Yes." He said, "Have you got a frozen Zoom?" And I thought, "Oh my God!" And that was the line that he wrote for me in Open All Hours. But yeah, it was a pilot, and they released the TV series on DVD, and they put the pilot on with it a, a little while ago. Yeah, so there's lots of things that keep popping up that blast from the past. You know, the Optimist with Peter Sellers was on a while ago, and I was in that. Uh, so, yeah, your past does catch up with you. <laughs> Coming a little forward now, Rob Murphy wants to know, was filming extras with Ricky Gervais as much fun as it looked? Or Ricky Gervais takes it quite seriously, doesn't he? Oh, do, you know, uh, do you know what? I've never laughed so much in my life. He phoned me up, and I thought it was some sort of spoof on the phone. He went, Ricky Gervais went, yeah, really? And I thought it was John Coleshaw. And he said, we're doing extras, a series. And I said, oh, what's that about? And he told me. And then he said, can you act? And I went, well, I've done a bit in the past. So he said, because it's an acting job. He said, it's not, it's not Keith Chagrin. And I went, oh, right, hey. So, um, so I went along and read for him. And he said, yeah, great. But do you know what? I've never worked with such a generous comedian in the whole of my life. Most comics, when I've done sort of things with Clive Dunn or, you know, uh, other series, uh, what happens is you do a read-through, and any line that gets a laugh, you pr I guarantee it's cut the following day because the main sort of comedy actor's nicked it or taken it back. Uh, so you learn the tricks of the trade not to do your lines very well in rehearsal. <laughs> but, uh, but Ricky Gervais, is, uh, he just gives your lines to 
to do. And I go, well, that's a good line for you. No, 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 I want you to do it. Uh, and at the same time, he's so, it's hysterical to work with. He just laughs all the time. We did a series called, um, oh, God, all the three of us. Uh, oh, God, I, I, what am I doing? Open all that. Uh, no, sorry, extras, <laughs> followed by... Oh, my God, what is going on, James? Well, this is called a yes. senior moment. So you need to think about this and just, just, uh, just you know, think, I'm still doing as well as I did, even though I'm having senior moments. Real <laughs> senior moment, that is. But, um, yeah, no, he, he phoned me up again and said, look, uh, I'm doing um, Life's Too Short, that's it. Uh, he said, I want you to act in that as well. And I went, well, who else is doing it? And he went... Well, we've got uh, Liam Neeson, we've got Johnny Depp, and uh, you. <laughs> so I naturally did that. And then he wrote a one-hour special for me, Les Dennis, and Sean Williamson of Life's Too Short, and we did that. And do you know what? I was doing Dancing on Ice, uh, Dancing on Ice at the time, and I got eliminated that week just before I started working with Ricky Gervais, and that has got to be the biggest highlight of my career anyway at any time the reason being is because there you've got steve merchant and ricky gervais top like writers in the whole wide world america and everywhere else writing for keith chagwin and les dennis that was a great show i wish we'd see more of that now mrs w and i watched you on dancing on ice and she said (laughs) she said to me i hope he's eliminated he's gonna kill himself Well, I did break a lot of bones. Um, okay, well, listen, uh, I've got a very important question I need to ask you now. Oh, dear. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody or upset anybody. That's not what I do, obviously. <laughs> but look, Keith, can you confirm that you won't be getting it out again on television? I promise you I won't. I did a program called Naked Jungle, and I'll tell you what, it's the worst thing I've ever done. I don't know why I took my clothes off on national TV, nor does my mum or anybody. I I, uh, I went, you know, when I did that funny late-night radio show on television, oh, yeah. I, I, I went to a naturist evening at, oh, um, at, at the Dome in Doncaster, <laughs> and I turned up and my crew were completely stark, What's it naked? No. And they said to me, you. "Come on, you got you got to join in, James. You've got to join in." I said, "I am not." And I I put on a pair of speedos. So I thought, which I am so glad that I did, but I couldn't get over the. I, I interviewed. There was a woman, a very large, very rotund woman, and they thought right. it would be good for me to interview her in the jacuzzi. And oh all I can God. remember is. <laughs> That this woman in her mid-60s in the jacuzzi, stark naked, and me sitting on the side interviewing her, and her breasts were bouncing up and down on the top of the water. Dear, oh dear. Oh, my God, like inflatables. Yes, yes. (laughs) Some people just shouldn't do it. (laughs) So my tip to anybody, do not take part in naked stuff unless it's a really high-end pornographic movie and you're getting... Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Is television safe? TV's changed so much nowadays, it's sort of like we decide what we're going to watch because, you know, you've got... You can record TV and you can go online. I mean, our family during the evening watch TV online nowadays. 
And television goes, oh, the, you know, the audiences aren't there with us anymore. Well, they are with you, uh, but put on some good programs and maybe they'll watch it. <laughs> We're doing this show. You're in London somewhere. I'm uh, in Kent and Rob, the producer, is in North Wales. Exactly. I can see Rob. He can see me. Uh, and it, it, it could quite easily be a television show. We could all be sitting in our own homes. Well, that's what it is. It's selective viewing nowadays. People decide what they want to watch. And I quite like that. Um, but television, you know, really has got to get its act together because they are losing audiences hand over fist. You know, I mean, they say, oh, you know, people are out, you know, doing other things. They're not. So they are there. Um, but, you know, I was saying, like, Britain's Got Talent. I mean, they put that show on during the week and 10 million people watch it. So your audience is there. <laughs> mm. Use them. What about, you? What about you and them. Noel Edmonds getting back together then? Oh, no, never. <laughs> never, ever, ever. <laughs> no, no, he's all right. But, uh, I mean, I don't <laughs> know him. I mean, people always go, oh, you know Noel Edmonds. I don't. I worked with him in 1976 to 1982 and uh, never seen really sight the sound of him since then, unless he wants something. But, um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a lovely bloke. I know he is. Uh, but I don't see him and I don't socialise with him. I never have. Uh, I think the last meal I had was in 1980. Uh, <laughs> and I wish him all the success because I watched Deal or No Deal or the other shows that he's doing. He's doing extremely well. I did a, a programme with him uh, called Noel's HQ just as a little guest on it. Uh, so I wish him well. But uh, no, I don't think, you know, I think Noel did have ideas of bringing back Saturday morning TV. Um, but I mean, I think he'll be on his own. <laughs> <laughs> I think unless he's doing a cookery show, I think you're right. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> let's finish it off. Alan Goodfellow wants me to ask you this, all right? Let's finish the interview this way. Uh, Alan says, could you ask Jaggers, I'd like to swap Battleships Deluxe for a Sabutio World Cup edition. Could he organise no, I mean, it? I think you need to go to eBay for that, because that that's some good quality stuff. <laughs> and it's quite surprising, actually, some of the things that um, people you know, exchange on eBay or even buy. But I think you'd probably make more money or be more profitable doing it that way than coming to Keith Chegwin. Because some of the things we did swap, I mean, I always remember I was in Hitchin, Hertfordshire, and I was swapping this little radio for a kid, and then the police came along and said, that radio, where's that kid? I went, well, he's in the, he's gone off somewhere or something, you know, and I was swapping stolen radios on telly. <laughs> 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 the kid had nicked the batch of them. <laughs> People in the crowd, like, you know, university students holding up things from Anne Summers saying, can you swap this, Jaggers? (laughs) (laughs) People thought it was like a car boot sale. So, you know, they used to bring down a fridge and a towel. It's not that sort of show, love. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kids watching. But I tell you what, I walked past somebody about sort of six years ago uh, in Swindon. And as I went past, the guy said, oh, you. I went, what? He said, Where's my bloody kaplunk? <laughs> I went, what? He said, I gave it to you. I never got anything back. He said, and you lost it. <laughs> so people do have good memories, really, don't they? <laughs> Funny. You, you realise you could actually bring it back and it could be sponsored by eBay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you, you have to get a gum tree or something like that. You know, yeah. you're dead right. Yes, it probably... Actually, you start to make me think now. <laughs> <laughs> Great to talk. Thanks, Keith. Oh, thanks very much, Rob, as well. Good luck with the show. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.
So there we are. That was uh, that was Cheggers, and um, I, you know he will be sadly sadly missed. And um, my best wishes and thoughts go to his family and friends, and uh, to Janice, his sister, and to Jeff, his brother. Now, uh, Wales Mail, if you want to get in touch, uh, don't forget jameswellradio at gmail.com. Um, Chris says, James, uh, glad to hear you again uh, on this radio link and wish uh, you a continued recovery and when possible a return to talk radio. Well, thank you very much indeed. Things are getting a bit better. So I tell you, it's still painful. People tell you, well, it will be painful to be better in the end. And I'm absolutely right. I've got lots of movement in my leg that I haven't had for years, not since... You know, I fell off a horse or whatever. But uh, the, the residual pain does go on a bit. Um, yeah, I'm a wimp, OK. Uh, just to say that I have been informed by the French Ministry of the Interior that I have acquired French nationality. Oh, hello, Chris. This is Chris, isn't it? Hello, Chris. Uh, by official decree, as of now, I mentioned on talk radio and uh, on that radio station, Essex, uh, that I had applied for dual nationality in March of 2016. I was interviewed in Montpellier in May this year, so I will continue to make the odd contribution to talk radio on French and Spanish matters. Which, Chris, I always look forward to you joining in, mate. Um, and uh, this Saturday evening, 6 till 8, whilst everybody's uh, probably doing Strictly, I shall be on the radio. Uh, and will not be being sent back with a bottle of water in pocket to the UK. Um, I hope those seeking to stay in place in European countries and the UK will, without adding a second nationality, an exercise which requires a considerable linguistic fluency, which Chris is uh, uh, brilliant at, I know. So I will not be deprived of my European citizenship by that misguided bunch of xenophobic dunderheads uh, and whippersnappers in Parliament, and equally by bollock-brained idiots wanting their country back who on a good day might just have an active vocabulary of 20 words. Where's my celebratory glass of Crement de Lemou? Um, have one for me as well. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Chris from Montpellier in France. This is such a stupid thing. This whole business uh, of Brexit, so ridiculously stupid, I can't tell you. But there we are. It's uh, I, it, 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 there is still the possibility that there will be a realisation that us leaving the European family, which is next to us, not that it, the European Parliament is doing a good job particularly, I don't believe that it is, but it needs to be changed. We are one of the biggest, if not the biggest customer of the European Union, and they don't want to lose us any more than really we want to lose them. Uh, this whole business, as he said, dunderheads and people who want their country back. I've spoken to those people. We want our country back. They don't do anything with it. Lots of them sit around on benefits. They don't actually do anything with the country. Oh, I'm so depressed. So depressed. I blame it on David Cameron. Let's get on with it. Should we do the competition? Oh, right. Go uh, on. Uh, this week you can win some air from the studio. <laughs> yes. And we'll send it via the new postal service called The Wind, if you win. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, we've already had some uh, people give us some uh, answers. So yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe one of those. What is be... the question? Uh, how many beeps on this week's show? 
Oh, right, how many times I, I, I didn't censor myself uh, not to say the word f*** or c***t or something like that. You even used the word beep. Does that count? Hmm, I don't know. Questions? OK, uh, Dave Billings. Should homeowners be able to lease or buy the parking space directly outside of their home, thus enabling them to use it only? No, because you get, you know, if you, if you, um, if you, if you buy a house without a place for a car, get rid of your car and take public transport. Or don't buy the house. Or don't buy the house. Yeah, I wouldn't buy a house without a parking space, I don't think. There are too many cars parked on roads, which is dangerous. Get rid of your front gardens. That's the way forward. Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't got a front garden, I mean, all new homes should be built with underground uh, parking. I think. They do that in France a lot. You know, new homes have a, a, a garage under the house. What happens if it rains? Doesn't all the water flood your garage? I've no idea. Most most houses in France, new houses in France, are built with a basement anyway. Are they built with a basement on top of land, though? So the basement isn't really a basement. It's more of downstairs, but then they build steps to go to the first floor. Some some are, some aren't. Depends on where your house is, I think. Okay. Uh, we don't we don't build here, do we? With a with a basement. I mean, very few houses, apart from old Victorian terraces, have basements. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Justin Richardson, what's the oddest food you've ever eaten? <sighs> Testicles. You've eaten testicles. Well, they're called sweetbreads, aren't they? Yeah. Are they really? Yeah, I learn something new every day. You didn't know that a sweetbread was a testicle. No, but I would, you know, I wouldn't eat a sweetbread anyway. But you know, oh, right, so I'm safe. Okay. Um, Not really sure why they call them sweetbreads, are they? Anyway, go on. Uh, okay, uh, Ruth Ashton. Yeah. Why do companies put sticky labels on cards, books, etc., that you can't remove? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the same reason that parking attendants sometimes slap those f ridiculous stickers on the front of your window where you can't get them off and it's a danger to drive. I'd ask the shop assistant to remove the label, and if they tear the product, say, OK, can you get me another one and remove the label off the next one, please? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's good their, idea. Their yeah. fault. Yeah. Uh, Steve Gertcher Brown. That's an interesting name. Uh, it's a stupid name. <laughs> do you still... It's a stupid name because you get ya. <laughs> do you still get a washing line pole in the gardens of newly built houses? I have no idea, but I have hung the towels out this morning in the sunshine, cold out there as well, and put the uh, line prop up in the middle, which I made myself. I'd be surprised if you actually get a garden with a newly built house. Never mind the sh yeah, washing yeah, pole. Uh, Mark Summers, do you think a lot of conflict could have been avoided in the Wild West if cowboy architects made the towns big enough for everyone? <laughs> no, I think conflict is was a part of uh, the journey that they had to go on, and I just I just wonder why in the twenty first century we still have conflict as a way of making our differences work. It seems to me we've learnt nothing. Uh, Colin Watkins. How many times has Rob seen Star Wars? Too many. No, never enough. Never enough. <laughs> but I have seen the original Star Wars over 200 times. God, different. <laughs> the others I haven't seen so much. Well, yeah. Why don't we get you on... Uh, you, you'd, you'd be able to answer on, uh, on Celebrity Mastermind on Star Wars, wouldn't you? Theoretically, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but the, the, they do the general knowledge round. So unless it was all based on Star Wars, the general knowledge round, I'd be pretty screwed, really. Yeah, but you know about sweetbreads now, so that'll be okay. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Connolly, do you miss Big Brother James? Uh, no, not in the least. Although I would, I would more now be prepared to do it, and I would do it so differently now um, that uh, I think it'd be more fun. When I did it before, um, I must admit I hadn't really got much idea, and all I was intent on doing was getting out. I did it to make some money, and I wanted to get out as soon as I could. Um, which, looking back, was quite funny because I've tried to get myself up for eviction at every possible time, which I managed, but didn't manage to get out until the final week. Um, but, yeah, I'd quite like to do it again. I would upset so many of them this time because I wouldn't care. And finally, Lee Stevens. Are you going to be back on TV one day? Oh, never say never. Well, we were supposed to bring the TV work. show back, weren't we? Yeah, you we were got, supposed yeah. to have done a television show by now, but my hip uh, has put play to that. But, yeah, you know, it's there, and we could do it. And um, I want to be on Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Um, so we you. could do our own programme. Technology is... I mean, I'm doing this show Yeah, sitting in, in my house. Uh, Rob is in our main studio, which is on the Isle of Anglesey, uh, in North Wales, so there is a gap between us of, what, 400 miles? Yeah. Maybe? 300, 400 miles? I can still see the scum line of your bathtub. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, there is a possibility before I get really ancient. We didn't talk about kebabs. Yeah, didn't we? What are we going to talk about kebabs? Oh, they're trying to ban it, aren't they? Who are? The EU. Well, they're trying... Well, not, why are they trying to ban kebabs? Apparently there's some sort of um, phosphate or something in the kebabs and they want to ban that, which would automatically ban kebabs. Are we talking about the kind of elephant leg type of donna kebab? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't mind what they do with that. <laughs> Fair enough. I always wondered where, uh, the, uh, where they came from. So it's elephant legs, is it? Yeah, apparently. Disgusting when you think about it. Um, they are quite tasty, but yeah, I'm sure they're not very good for you. But I have one in a blue moon, like a burger. So um, yeah, you're supposed to have them when you're drunk. Stuff. Oh yeah, I, I like the chicken kebab, but there is a lot of fat in it. Uh, very spicy um, too. Yeah, uh, but proper kebabs on the skewers on the on the charcoal grill, they're fine. Oh yeah, I've got the, my new uh, trick is that when I phone the Indian now, I have uh, the chicken tikka pieces. And I ask him to put fresh marinade on it so it comes out really nice and juicy. Oh, that's lovely. Ooh, yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Um, right, I've got to go. Uh, so we have finished, haven't we? Well, I thought we'd carry on for another 20 minutes, rambling on no, about you kebabs. Can, yeah, well, you, you can ramble on and talk about what you want, but I've, uh, I've got a little bit of washing to do and, uh, and tidying up in the garden. Uh, so I'll leave you to ramble on then. No, I'm just going to say, don't forget to vote for Debbie and I'll see you next week. Yeah, vote for Debbie, who will, of course, I'm sure, win Strictly Come Dancing. Hey, maybe I should do that next year. She's already a winner. Mm.
listening to the James Well Radio Show. For more information, visit www.jameswellradio.co.uk. Why not check us out on facebook.com slash jameswellradioshow or follow James on Twitter at the James Whale. James Whale, the voice of reason.